Before we get started with our conversation with General Manager Tom Telesco, a big thank you to our sponsor, Microsoft Surface. Microsoft Surface, a huge part of game day in preparation for the LA Chargers, is the official laptop and sideline technology provider for your Los Angeles Chargers. Microsoft Surface provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Microsoft Surface Pro 7, your endlessly adaptable partner, now with faster processing and more connections, plus all-day battery life. The 12.3-inch touchscreen 2-in-1 laptop, it's ultra-light and versatile. Check it out on their site, surface.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to a very special edition of The Final Drive, presented by Microsoft Surface. Alongside Haley Elwood, I'm Chris Hayre, and we are joined by the general manager of the L.A. Chargers, Tom Telesco. Tom, always appreciate you taking some time. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. You know, I want to start with this. You alluded to this in your press conference. We all talk about what a great guy Coach Lynn is, and we've known that for the last four years. Um, but he's also an excellent coach, and I'll tell you this. I think the guys in this locker room and the guys coming back in 2021 are better pros and better players for having Anthony Lynn as their head coach. Yes. You know, he, he's built a very good foundation here. It starts with the locker room. It starts with the players. It starts with how he, he made them accountable. Um, and that will carry over to next year, especially with our younger players that we, that we drafted here and we've developed, um, and, you know, our, our locker room, as you can, you can tell from the last part of the year, the last quarter of the season, um, those guys believed and they played hard. You know, we, we lose 45 to nothing to New England, to a team that wasn't going to the playoffs. At that point, we're out of the playoff race. And for our team and our coaches to finish strong, to win the last four in a row, that speaks of the character in the locker room. And that, that will carry over. Um, but our players know, and we all know that in this business, uh, change is an, an, is an inevitable excuse me um so yes i mean there there are some players downstairs that that uh you're going to go through a transition period um but uh that's the nature of the game Uh, but uh, i do like the foundation that's been built um with the character of the football team you mentioned change being inevitable obviously things happening in this business but how did you go about evaluating the decision that had to be made yeah it's it's not uh there's never just one thing um you know, it kind of just evolves over time. And as I stated before, we just, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. We just didn't win enough games the last two years. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, some out of our control, but most of it in our control as far as wins and losses. Um, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, sometimes it's just time to, to you know, chart a new path um, with the football team we have. And um, that's what we're going to do. Tom, again, seven and nine, but you look at the bright spots. It starts with that rookie quarterback who it seemed like broke a, a record every single week. He stepped onto the football field. Um, what surprised you most about what you saw from Justin this year, taking into account there was no true offseason program, uh, the way he was kind of thrust into action week two, and what he did with his opportunity? Yeah, I guess it'd be two things. One's tangible, one's intangible. But the, the intangible aspect of the great poise that he showed for, I mean, any young player to, at, at any position, but certainly it's the quarterback position, the poise he showed in the games, the poise he showed in practice. Um, it is a big jump from college to professional football. It's a big jump for a rookie quarterback, especially like you said, no offseason program, no preseason games. Um, just incredible poise and toughness he showed in the position. 
And then the one tangible factor, which I'm very proud of him for, he didn't turn the ball over. Um, and turnover differential is the number one, one of the one, or one of the things we look at as far as wins and losses in this league. And turnover differential is high on that list. Um, and he showed in college, he protects the football. He protects the football in the pocket. He protects it throwing the ball downfield. They only had, he only had 10 interceptions this year. Um, that's hard to do. Peyton, Peyton Manning had, I think, 28 interceptions his rookie year. Um, so he showed he can protect the football. That's a very big key for a young player. And then he'll just continue to get better. I mean, we, our offense, we did not fare very well in the red zone. Um, I'm not completely surprised. It's a difficult area in the football field for a young quarterback. Things are more restricted. The windows are much smaller. Um, so that's why our points scored were down this year. Number one, because of some missed field goals, but also because of some, some red zone um, conversions we didn't make as far as scoring touchdowns. That will, that will, that will continue to improve. That will come along as, as he, as he gets older and the rest of the offense kind of gets with it. So, um, but there's a lot of things there to build with. One thing that stands out to me about Justin Herbert, and I go back to this conversation that I had with Molly McGrath from ESPN. She covered him in college and she just talked about his preparation and how he's academically gifted. But she said, one thing to note about him is he will translate those skills from the textbook to the playbook. What can you say about his just preparation when the original goal was for him to just sit and really learn this year? It sounds like Molly was in our scouting meetings. <laughs> that, that's the way our scouts, uh, <laughs> Kevin Kelly and the whole group, that, that's what they talked about. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, academically, intellectually, he is very, very sharp. Um, and that carries over to football as well. And preparation for an NFL quarterback you know, starting on Monday all the way through Saturday, it's a grind. Um, he's very smart. He's attention to detail. Um, he's a perfectionist. And, and he had a, you know, pretty good offensive coaching staff working with him on a daily basis. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to succeed in this league if you can't learn and prepare, um, certainly at that position. So, again, I think that's why he's, he has such a high ceiling because he's physically talented, but he puts in all the work and uh, he's very bright. Tom, we were just talking about training camp, and I remember in July, Derwin James just flying around the field, the energy that he brings to the defense. When you lose a guy like that, and I know you mentioned in, in your press conference about injuries, um, there weren't as many injuries as other teams this year, but when you have one, two, arguably one of your best players, um, a, a guy who brings that energy in the locker room where it's really palpable and you can feel it, you know, even as fans watching the game, um, you never make excuses because this happens in the NFL year in and year out, but what does a healthy Derwin James mean to the LA chargers? Well, I know one thing, um, if there was anything our fans missed from not being able to go to training camp this year is being able to watch Derwin James practice every day, because it is yeah. incredible to watch. I've been in this league for 25 years. There aren't very many people who practice like he does. Not only his, his snap after snap, the, the intensity he plays with, um, he plays with an edge, and physical and aggressive, but with a smile on his face most of the time, which is hard to do both of those. And then watching him, you know, go cover Keenan Allen and cover Hunter Henry and then blitz off the edge and beat an offensive tackle, um, stuff the run. I mean, he was doing so many things in practice. It was just fun to watch him work. Yeah. Um, I told him that the other day. It was just fun to watch him practice. Um, and we didn't even get him to the games this year. So, you put that together, the fact that he's one of our alpha leaders, it just, there's no doubt about it. Everybody gravitates towards him. He's, he's just a natural leader and a great player. So yeah, you lose a player like that. 
it, it does affect you. Um, we're not the first team that's ever happened to, um, but um, I'm thrilled to see how he's rehabbing his injury right now, and he should be good to go for the regular season. And I uh, can't wait to get him back out there. With the coaching changes that are coming, obviously, how does that affect player evaluations and position battles as this team gets ready to build its 2021 roster? Yeah, this will be a, a big offseason, a long offseason, because as the head coach comes in, he needs to evaluate everyone on our roster and know them as well as he can because you know he has you know a huge amount of input on what we do moving into 2021, along with the position coaches. Um, so there's going to be a lot of work to be done there. Um, any new coach that comes in he has to learn the roster. So, yeah, this this roster will continue to develop and change. Um, and really, even without a coaching staff change, this year with the salary cap going down, there is a good chance there's going to be a lot of change throughout the league, not not just here. Um, it's going to be a unpredictable offseason. Uh, be pretty much fun to watch how it all plays out. But yeah, certainly, once we get the staff in here, they get a look at their position groups. The head coach looks at everybody, and then we'll kind of start uh, shaping it from there. Tom, one of the bright spots on offense, obviously, we know about Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry and Mike Williams, and um, we were surprised by the way Justin kind of came in and, and, and ran with it. But Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson, Donald Parham, these undrafted free agents. The fact that Justin was in training camp with these guys, and he he talked about it this year, being on the second and third team and and thrown to these guys, and then he gets thrust into action. All of a sudden, of those guys as well, just your thoughts on on how guys like Guyton and Johnson were able to kind of hit the ground running in the offense. Yeah, it's it's, really, it's three factors that we have a pro scouting staff that really does a great job trying to identify players that can fit here. Uh, Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton. Uh, both had some really electric speed to them. And that's something we wanted to add to the offense. Um, our pro scout saw Donald Parham in the XFL. Um, not very many 6'8 players in this league, 6'8 tight ends. It's no. kind of rare. It's usually hard to change directions and run fast when you're that tall. It's just the, the way God made people. And he's actually pretty fast for 6'8. Um, so, and you're right, those are three players that really worked with Justin a lot during training camp. And we had a coaching staff that really were invested in those guys, really worked with those guys, and also had coaches willing to play young players, even though they didn't have a lot of experience. So you put that together, and then those three guys, they worked at it. They really did. Every day, um, trying to work on their craft, throw after practice, throw during different drills with the quarterbacks. And, um, you know, all three of those guys made big contributions this year. I was going to say, look, this team has a knack for finding guys like that. No mistake. This is the history of the Chargers. But what else can you say about the scouting staff, both pro and college, to find guys like that, not only for those in 2020, but also as they move forward as well? I mean, it's the lifeblood of how we put the team together in a salary cap era. Um, you can't have all high priced veterans across your 53-man roster. You have to be able to find some players. So Kevin Kelly and the college scouting staff, I mean, obviously they put a lot of work into your first round pick and second round pick, but they put the same amount of work into the sixth and seventh round picks and the college free agents. And they take a lot of pride in that. Um, and our pro scouting staff led by Lewis Clark, they're trying to find players. Now pro scouting is a little different, a little more immediate. When you find a player, you can sign them immediately and bring them in. Um, you know, Jalen Guyton, we brought on the practice squad. Um, Donald Parham, we signed him in the off season. Um, but to find guys that have a couple of traits you think you can work with and develop that may be able to contribute and hopefully they can develop. Um, if they're already made players, they probably wouldn't be available. So, um, but that, that is, that's the lifeblood. I mean, we have to balance it out. 
Um, we need to have young players step up and take some or make some contributions for us. And uh, I'm proud of those guys. Tom, I want to ask you about Kenneth Murray, the other first round pick. Listen, a, a lot put on his pl plate, <clears throat> excuse me, and to, and to have, you know, over 90% of the snaps on defense and to get those valuable reps. And then you take into account uh, Drew Tranquil coming back in 2021. Uh, how do you envision that linebacking core uh, looking this upcoming season? Because again, Drew was another guy in, in training camp that was all over the field that we were all excited to see this year. Yes, uh, we had really high expectations for Drew this year. We still have high expectations. I think he's going to be a, a really good starting linebacker in this league. Um, has all the traits you look for. Is a great leader. Um, yeah, really excited about getting him back on defense. And uh, yeah, I can't say enough about the work that Kenny Murray did this year. Talking about over 1,100 snaps as a rookie. Starts all 16 games at linebacker. That's hard. It's a, it's a physical grinding game, physically and mentally. Um, He'd be able to line up every week for us, over 100 tackles. Um, he's, a, he's still such a young player. And much like Justin Herbert, um, his preparation skills are really top-notch. And that's another thing that our scouts really identified with him. It's not just physical talent. Um, it's film watching. It's preparation. Um, he also is a perfectionist. He wants to be the best. He just has great perspective, I think, on, on his career and the game. And he's going to be a leader for us as we move forward. Um, but, uh, yeah, to have our, our first pick and second pick come in and play that much for us, um, yeah. and contribute that much it was, it was a big help this year. Tom, getting back to the coaching search. This is obviously the third one you've been part of with the chargers organization. What are some characteristics that you're looking for in the guy to lead this team? And is there anything different that you're looking for in comparison to other searches? Well, you hit it on the head when he said lead, because that's the number one criteria for the head coach. It's you have to lead the whole football team. Um, so whether it's an offensive background, defensive background, special teams background, it, it doesn't matter. Now that coach, you know, they need to have a plan of what they're going to do, um, on the opposite side of the ball, what their expertise is. Um, but the number one thing is you have to be able to lead young men and, and, and adults, you know, that are veterans, you know, it, it's a wide demographic between, you know, 20, 21 year olds and 34, 35 year olds. You have to be able to connect with everybody. You have to be able to communicate with them, teach and motivate. So that, that's where you start. And then you work your way from there. But there, there's no one specific model that if you hire a coach with these traits, you will win a Super Bowl. They come in all shapes and sizes. So, um, you know, we're going to talk to a, a pretty wide list of candidates and uh, kind of take it from there. Tom, are characteristics for a head coach weighted differently depending on how 2017 roster markedly different from 2020 starting at the quarterback get a guy like Philip Rivers versus a guy in his second year at the position uh, do you look at how the roster is currently constructed and take some of those characteristics into account maybe a little heavier than others I mean that's a great point you know as far as where we are in the with the with this football team now um, as compared to four years ago um, I'd have to look up and see you know kind of where we were age-wise then as compared to now, but obviously the big thing is at that point, we had a veteran quarterback and now we have a younger quarterback, but um, honestly, I don't think it's going to be weighed any which, any extra. I don't think we'll lean any which way. Um, I think the biggest thing is we're hiring a head coach of the football team. We're not hiring a head quarterback coach to, to uh, run the offense or head offensive coordinator. It's got to be the head, the head coach that runs the whole team, offense, defense, special teams, um, that's their job. And uh, we'll kind of see where it goes. 
Obviously, it's 2021, but still unprecedented times. We're still doing this on Zoom, even though 2020 is now in the books. But what do these next few weeks look like for you in terms of this coaching search and how do COVID protocols affect that? Yeah, so the COVID protocols are really affecting it, um, but not necessarily in a negative way. I mean, yes, it would be better to go face to face with people. Um, the negative is it's just it's just hard to be efficient that way to get all over the country and the time it takes. So you really can't talk to as many people. So in this Zoom age, to be able to talk to eight, 10, 12 different coaches and start to narrow it down from there, I think it really helps us. Um, helps us have a bigger pool. Um, and it's much more time efficient this way. And then as we get into the second part of the of the, of the search, we'll probably get a little more face to face with different candidates, uh, depending on if there may be a team that's playing in the playoffs or is not playing in the playoffs. Um, but we have the coaching search. Once we hire the head coach, then that coach has to put a staff together. That takes some time. And then once the staff's together, they'll have to evaluate their position groups and the football team because we can't make any decisions for next year until I know how our coaches feel about what they have and then see where they think the needs are. And we talk about it and then we'll find out eventually what the salary cap number will be. And then we're off and running after that. So um, it's going to be a, an off season that's going to be very busy. Um, but from building a team standpoint, you know, there's some excitement there too. Tom, final thing for me, uh, you could probably have a laundry list uh, of, of this answer, but what was the hardest part of this 2020 season for you personally? I mean, it's, it's a short answer, but obviously, you know, the losses are hard. I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, as far as the COVID protocols, every, every team had the same, same issues. So that, that, that's, that is what it is. But, um, you know, you put as much work as you do into this, um, you know, you work with the staff on a day-to-day -day basis. You see the players really sell out. Um, we don't, when you don't get the results that you want, it's hard. And, and as a general manager, you feel responsible for not making sure everybody's in the exact position have their best success, um, you know, that's, that's hard. Um, we're all in this to win. We're not just in this just to participate and play in this league. We're in this to win. That's what we're paid for is to win games, get in the playoffs and win a championship. So, um, you know, to not, to have those goals and not achieve them, that's, you know, that, that's the hardest part about the job. Now, once the season's over, it does turn back to, Hey, look, let's keep building this thing. We, we can do this. We, there's a lot of positives here. We know there's some holes we got to fix and fill. Um, but there's a good base here. There's a foundation that's been built. There's some good football players that are here and uh, we're going to get back after it. And then lastly, Tom, you talk about that foundation. You talk about the excitement of building this team, but what else really <laughs> excites you about 2021? That we get a chance to start from scratch. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what excites me is we get a chance to start from scratch and everybody will be, be you know, zero and zero and, and we start off. So, um, like I mentioned before, you know, we've got we have nine draft picks in this draft. Uh, we'll have a healthy cap situation. Um, we have some players on both sides of the ball to build around um, this. The, it will be. And then hopefully we, next year in the stadium, we actually have, you know, fans in the stands. People get a chance to come by and see SoFi and see what, a, what an awesome place it is. And have fans at training camp um, get back to normal. Um, that's that's just something that you know from a fan experience you just you just miss you you miss that 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 touch of seeing you know being at, at training camp up against the fence you know ten feet from from Derwin James watching practice that you know having kids out there for that and having people come to home games and you know the whole thing that's that's you know football is an entertainment business it's hard to entertain when you can't really get face to face with anybody so. I'm hopefully we're back to normal by then. Um, 
We want to play an exciting brand of football. I think we have a quarterback that can deliver that. I think we have some defensive players that can deliver that. Um, and want to entertain and win. That's, that's the goal. Well, Tom, I can't thank you enough for your time. Usually we'd be doing this in person. We were talking before the pod. We haven't even done this on Zoom. It's just been such a, a strange year. But uh, we're, uh, we're pumped for 2021. It's one of those things where the last game was on Sunday. But I think everybody can't wait to see what happens uh, this upcoming season. So um, excited for the future and really appreciate your time. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Tom.